Welcome back to the Casuals. I am the Chief Kunal Kohli, joined alongside our next President of the United States, our good Lord and Savior, Isis, and his Monica Lewinsky, the Hebrew Hammer, Alan Ross. You know what? I'm fine with that. No, no problems here with that one. Isis, I do not have sexual relations with that boy. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot wait for this impeachment trial, guys. Impeachment trial of the century. But let's get right into it. Isis, I believe it was more than a week ago that you famously, notoriously, said Steph Curry was going to be trashed this season. Warriors, it's been a few games for them. What have you seen from Steph? Oh, <laughs> Steph Curry is the biggest fraud in NBA history. Everybody always was sucking that man's cock and calling him the greatest shooter of all time. But what happened? He has nobody around him. He has no superstars. He has no clay. He has no KD. And I know Draymond Green's not the greatest offensive threat of all time, but he, he doesn't have Draymond Green. And the man is shooting 9 of 35 from three-point range. The, the guy who can shoot from anywhere on the court, literally, that's what people always claim with him. He can shoot from any at half court, slightly above half court, at the three-point line, anywhere. He's shooting 25% from three. How can we say that he's the greatest shooter of all time with those shitty-ass numbers? Now, does it concern you? Does it concern you that defenses are being drawn to him because he's the only offensive option? I mean, if you're a superstar and you're getting paid the supermax, you might want to try to figure out how to get past that. Because if the only thing to stop stuff is to put, like, two people on him, like, then – he's not that great. Like LeBron James has two, three, maybe four people on at a time. And he can still score. I understand that they're two totally different players, but if you want to be in the same conversation as LeBron James, then you got to show out at least a little bit. See Elias. I think you're right and wrong. Like, yeah, like he putting him in the same class as LeBron was just stupid to begin with. You know, everybody was like, Oh, he's, he's a top two or three player like during his, his amazing run because he was so flashy and amazing. But yeah, like I, I think we're starting to finally see that without the other help around him, when he doesn't have the help that can draw attention away from him, you see him having zero space, him having literally like two inches to get a shot off. And then he has this insane volume. So that's why he's shooting so poorly. We're seeing that a shooter really can't get it all done by himself. I think that's what it's really proving to us. But to take away the greatest shooter of all time title away from him, I feel like that's just blasphemous, bro. <laughs> what do you mean? Like, how you is it blasphemous? shooting. Because he had other people around him. Like, if, if, you gave like no Ray other... Al- if you gave Ray Allen the same players in the same spacing, you don't think he would have put up the same numbers. That's all theoretical, though. He didn't do okay. it. Okay, but now he doesn't have that spacing, and now he is not shooting that. Like, earlier in his career, when he didn't have those players, he wasn't shooting at the same clip. Like, he was shooting, like, three or four shots per game from three. So you so also now- don't think Clay Thompson's one of the greatest shooters of all time? No, I do think Clay Thompson is one of the greatest shooters of all time. But he had Steph Curry to take the pressure off of him. If Ray Allen was in that position as uh, Clay Thompson, he'd be doing similar stuff, right? 
I think I think Clay can create his own shot. Like Clay can do a, like Clay can do a lot more than what Steph can do. Like Clay can drive and Clay can shoot. Steph Curry really can't drive. So I think Steph can drive, so, but he he like stumbles and he has like really awkward moves. But I wouldn't say that means he can't drive. Because you see these insane giant killing floaters and shit that he always does. Okay, a, a floater and a like actually driving to the hoop is like two totally. He also things. has a pretty pretty sick layup package. I mean, like obviously a guy his size is not going to be able to take an entire team by himself. If that's what you're saying. Okay, so Clay can like he can kill you in two ways. Like he can shoot or he can drive on you. So you have to account for that. So, like, you can't have defenders up on him the whole time, right? Like, he always can, can give you something different. Like, same thing with, like, KD. KD isn't just strictly a shooter. KD can also drive on you. So, like, you have to, like, you always have to give yourself space when you're defending him so that he can't just blow by you and you look silly. So, he automatically gives himself space. See, I think he does blow by people, and that's why you'll see him just take it out He'll he'll be one on one with someone, and you'll just put them into a tornado of moves, and he'll just make them look dumb. That it's because like the the defender, they have no idea what he's about to do. Is he gonna pull it back? Is he gonna drive? Is he gonna do a mid range? What's he gonna do? He's very versatile, and you can't take that away from him because he's struggling right now. See, like I think I think if you're expecting him to drive like Clay, then I he's mean, gonna Clay lose dribble. That. He's, he's gonna Clay's, lose that battle every time. Clay dominates without even dribbling. You know, like I, I don't know how you can say that he uh, he has more in his bag than Steph Curry. I, I I think he does. Like, how can you? How can you? Like, Steph is can only either dish it out, shoot a three, and then if he's in space, he can drive. Like, he's not gonna drive the way Clay can drive. Like he's not gonna like like you said he's not gonna take on a player like he's not gonna bully somebody to 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 score down low. Clay can do that, so you have to account for that. See, this is where I disagree. This is where I disagree because Steph has one of the crazier handles in the league. So you do see him go one on one with a lot of point guards. You know, you do see him trying to create that space. And when he has a big on him, like God, oh, it's over. Yeah, yeah, it's over. God forbid they, yeah, God forbid they reach. But I mean, it's just because he's faster than them, and like I think, like now he is slightly older. I don't think he's going to have that same burst that he had before, and especially with that hand injury. Right now. I no, don't there's see no the, burst. Yeah, I don't see that at all, and I think that's part of the reason why he's struggling. And also, he doesn't look happy when he plays. Maybe it's because he doesn't have the support system that he once had. Maybe it's because he doesn't have the confidence of having a Clay or a KD to back him up. And now he's like, oh shit. Like, it's, it's just me right now. I mean, this is the first time in his career where he's really been alone. Like, coming in, he had Monte Ellis. Then he got Clay, Then he got KD. He's always had someone. So, my question to you is, what do the Warriors need to do to support Steph Curry? They need more plays for him that are just strictly for him to get open, get him in space, give him somebody, give like a pick and roll or something, just like get him open so that he can shoot. And if he can do that, then he has potentially the chance to like boost his numbers. But like, if you don't, if you're just expecting him to create his own shot without, without any space, then it's going to be like this the whole season. I feel like all they, I mean, 
it's obviously going to be a tall task to uh, to change up. But I think the offense is set up for guys that could shoot. And literally, he's the only one on the team that can shoot. So why wouldn't you change that up? You have a couple slashers. You have Andrew Wiggins. You know, he can score. He's a, he's a very good scorer, just very inconsistent. Just get him the shots that he likes to take. He's obviously not a great three-point shooter. Oubre is allergic to three-point shooting right now. He's a great slasher and a cutter. So get him involved. Get everybody moving. And yeah, then need- and then like maybe the uh, defensive attention will gravitate off of Curry once that happens. And then we'll yeah. see his shot start falling. So like you need like you need Wiseman like especially to be like running in and out of the defense. Like he needs to go to the top because he can shoot, right? He needs to go to the top of the three-point line. He needs to go back in and you need those other Andrew Wiggins and Kelly Oubre to like run back and forth. Once you do that, someone's going to get open. He can either dish it or there's going to be a switch. And then he's going to be able to get his shot off because he'll be either one-on-one or like he'll be out of big and he can do a dribble move to get open. Or maybe they just have him play off ball and have the other players run the offense, run some pick and rolls with Wiseman since he's literally Megatron and way bigger than everybody else. Maybe an Oubre pick and roll with him. And then you'll have... Steph Curry running behind screens and shit. And but like, I think you have to have somebody. Up. You have to still have somebody shoot. Like, to, in order for that to work, you still, like the reason why it worked so well with Clay and Steph is that like once they switched, a quick pass to either Clay or Steph got them open because the switch is so is going to be so slow coming off of whatever pick or whatever is happening, and then someone's open. But now you don't have that. So like. If I was a defender, I'd be like, okay, just stay with Steph. Like I would rather, I would rather have Kelly Oubre. Easier said than done, though. Well, I know, he, I'm, he'll I know. Run for miles, but I'm just saying, like, but running for miles, you have 24 seconds to score. You know, like if you're just gonna be running around, like you, you and you not, you're not gonna be able to score in that 24 seconds if that's all you're doing. It's just running around. I personally think the struggles are more on Kerr. He's not doing anything creative to help out Curry. Oh, Steve Kerr, like, if he ever goes down as, like, one of the best coaches of all time, it's going to be kind of sus because, like, what has he really done? He already had a team built for him. He had KD for the three years. If he can figure it out this year, though, I think I mean, if he can. Yeah, that would change. That perspective would change. But really, like. If he doesn't, though, if he doesn't figure it out, do you think that stains his legacy to a point where we knock him so far low? Maybe not in the grand scheme of things with the media, but, like, the real ones that have been paying attention will definitely be pointing that out. So let's pivot a little, you know, we started out on the West coast. Let's go back to the East coast. Let's talk about one of the Hebrew hammers, favorite teams, the team I covered for a while, the Brooklyn nets, KD looking like he's back. Alan, what are your thoughts? Is KD actually back or is this kind of just too short, too small of a sample size from the wise man himself, playboy Cardi. Driving me crazy. Driving me crazy. <laughs> so I am ecstatic as a Nets fan because all off season I've been hearing, oh, Katie, he's going to come back. He's probably going to be like 70% of what he was. He was cursed. He had the, he was, he literally like was, uh, he, he was literally put into just oblivion from that injury. Like he's just never going to come up the same. And honestly, if he is a fraction of what he once was, he's still better than 99% of the rest of the league. So I don't think it really matters. 
because we still see these moments where KD just takes over, just drops like a 15, goes on a stretch by himself, just drops 15 points, literally just shooting over anybody, not barely even trying. It's just like, it reminds me of that Clipper series with the Warriors um, two years ago when Katie was just like, I am Kevin Durant. I'm just going to dominate. We still see that with Kevin Durant. And when he goes on these stretches, like, it's just like, what else can you do? There's nothing. It's ridiculous. So Jesus, all off season, you were hating on the nuts. Let's be real. You were hating on them. And you said that this was just a result of, uh, of, you know, no one really taking preseason seriously. Now that we're seeing Katie dominate in the regular season. Are, are you kind of eating your words here? No doubt I'm eating my words a little bit, <laughs> but um, like, are they, are they the favorite to win the East now? I would say yes. Um, was I wrong? Yeah. I mean, I was totally wrong, but like, you didn't know what Katie was going to be like in the regular season. Like you didn't, you didn't actually know if he I was, was going to be, yeah. Like you, you didn't know, like you had to see what he was going to do. And again, like I said, I'll stick by this preseason really doesn't mean anything. It really is just to get you conditioned for the regular season, especially only playing four games, but they're definitely the ones who are going to come out of the East, unless somehow the bucks can turn things around. I mean, it is really early. um, So they could, um, but I think you got to see how he plays, how they play against the bucks and how they play against the Lakers this year. And then you can really determine how well they're going to play these these teams that they played, yeah, like they look great and Kevin Durant looks great. But I don't think the teams that they played, he has – they've had anybody that can really go one-on-one with him and actually try to stop him. No, I think the thing that sticks out um, for me personally is is um, Katie's intensity on defense. Like he got posterized last night by uh, Rogier. Everybody's yeah. clowning him. But like – how many superstar forwards are actually like trying to contest dunks? You know, you barely see that. And he's one of them. And especially right after an Achilles injury, we didn't expect to see this. So I love to see that. Like, even if he ends up being posterized or whatever, who cares? As long as he keeps keeping this team mentality, I'm all in on it. I I love it. Now we had another, Another injury to the Nets. Yep. Spencer Dinwiddie. I feel like every year I've started covering the Nets, uh, like starting, I want to say like 2016 till now, there's just been one major injury. How about Lynn? Lynn for two years, man. Uh, Yeah. D'Lo at one point was injured. Harris Levert. Levert, yep. Even Spencer Dinwiddie himself. Yeah. But now with two superstars on the team, how much and Levert emerging? How much does this injury really impact the Nets? So, I thought it was very predictable, and I, th- I personally didn't see Spencer Dinwiddie's role ever working when everyone was playing. You know, on nights like tonight where Katie and Kyrie are out, it would have been nice to have Spencer Dinwiddie help run the show and give us a better chance to win when they're resting. And that would have been awesome. But when they're actually playing, you know, there's the ball can really only 
the ball can only move so much. And when you have three ball dominant guards like that, there's always going to be one guy that isn't going to have the ball in his hands and he's going to feel left out. And we saw that he was just being limited to shooting threes and he's a very inconsistent three point shooter. So it wasn't really working. So like everybody's freaking out over this. They're like, Oh yeah, this blows their chances. Um, Personally, I never saw the fit to begin with, so I don't even think it affects them all that much other than nights like tonight. I think it just I think it affects them in a way where they can't trade for another star. That yeah, that too. Because they could have got a defensive forward or something like that. Yeah, like if Spencer Dinwiddie was the guy that put you over the top as like clear cut number one, like you're gonna you potentially can be the Lakers, then you probably have a problem with your roster. But um yeah. you know, like that's just my that's just yeah. my thought. <laughs> Facts like uh but yeah, like it really hurts them in getting some kind of star at the trade deadline, especially if he was balling out. You, his stock would have been more. You might have potentially given up loss to get um, James Harden if that's even an option still. See, just, honestly, if he like I, I didn't see him scoring over ten points a game in his role, so I don't even think his value would have been good to begin with. However, he's probably going to end up on the Lakers and drop like 18 points a game next year. But I mean, uh, yeah, I don't really have much to say about Spencer Dinwiddie. Yeah. <laughs> he might Sorry. be a good GM someday. <laughs> he, you know, don't sleep on Spencer Dinwiddie. He's one of my favorite isolation players in the league. He's super fast. He's got a great floater. Um, in the times where we saw him lead in offense he was dropping well over 20 points a game i mean that's not some random role player you can just pick up no and i mean in the right situation like you said maybe the lakers he would thrive you know uh i think the lakers are a great organization for him i mean dennis Schroeder is definitely thriving in that position i personally hope he goes to a, a bad team balls out and gets paid i think he deserved the the bag he took a pay cut to re-sign with us. I think it's time for him to finally get his just dues. I mean, the man was love- paid in Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, that's I love it. I love how we say like someone's gonna get the bag when they were making like what? How much does he make? Like ten million dollars a year? Yeah. Like uh we like I guess like we ho- hopefully that guy gets paid, you know. Like it's not like he made ten million dollars in a year. Like I would like, just give me a million dollars yeah. a year, you <laughs> yeah, know what I'm like- saying? Just give me a million, you know. Yeah, it's sad. I mean, considering how his career was almost like, like he was almost just like a G leaguer for the rest of his career. And he, when he got that, uh, that contract with us, a lot of people thought he was underpaid. So I think it's more of like a kick in the ass to like the bulls or the pistons. If more than anything for me and like watching that guy grow up, you know, it's, I, it's hard for me not to hope that he gets what he deserves. I mean, I hope he gets what he deserves, but I mean, if that's yeah. what we're worried about is him getting paid, come on. Yeah, it's <laughs> you know, It's like, come on. I think this <laughs> is the weird fuck? thing about sports is that we're so obsessed with other people's livelihoods and their, and their money and shit. It's like, why don't, 
why can't we focus the same effort on on our own lives you know yeah like, <laughs> like make make sure you get your money before yeah. you're worried about a guy who is set for life after one contract like and imagine instead right. of this we were talking about like the stock market or something like yeah <laughs> we could actually be benefiting ourselves but no instead of making millions of dollars we're just talking about millions of dollars yeah talking about other people making millions of dollars <laughs> It's like, oh no, Spencer Dinwiddie didn't make $12 million. Yeah. Well, let's continue talking about some millionaires, uh, some young players, because I honestly think this is the year for players under the age of like 27. You know, we're seeing Christian Woodball out, for God's sakes. Uh, who have you guys seen um, that you've been really impressed with? You want to go first, Alan? I can go yeah. first. So I was going to talk about Christian Wood. Um, he only played two games, but he looks like a completely different player. This is the perfect example of how the situation is the only thing that matters. It seems like he's single-handedly the reason why James Harden might stay in Houston. God, if you told me last season, yep. that- Christian Wood is that guy who I fucking thought <laughs> he can shoot. He's got great moves for a guy his size. He's just the full package, and it's hard not to love watching him. It's, so I'm, yeah, I was gonna say it's it's crazy to just see how he's evolved as a player. You know. I mean, we saw flashes of it last year. Like, but this year, like, first of all, it's hard to consider that Detroit ever let this man go. Like, why? <laughs> like, and the impact was immediate. Like, as soon as he started playing in the preseason, he he just started dominating. And it's like, holy shit, like, can he keep this up? And yeah, he can. He's really that good. But it's like, how did. How did they not see this coming? I don't I don't get it. Yeah, especially when you sign like 80 other big men. Yeah, they're like, oh yeah, we'll get every other big man in the league, you know, but we'll let this guy go. Like just casually too, like, all right, let's get rid of like an incredible scoring forward, you know. He wasn't asking for all that much money either. No. Like it it wasn't like he was demanding like, you know, millions. He granted he got his bag in Houston, but Detroit is just poverty, man. That's all I got to say about it. Dude, but Jesus, who have, uh, who have you been liking, bro? Um, Trey Young has really just oh, impressed yeah. with me. Yeah. Like, he's, like, he's averaging, like, 36 points on 55% shooting, and, like, he's he's been playing really well. I think that, like, last, last podcast, I was like, if he wants to win MVP, he needs to come out and, like, shoot the way he's – like, he needs to score – like Steph did when he won his MVPs and he's doing that. And like they, he's making Atlanta a very dangerous um, team this year. Do you think this propels Atlanta to playoff territory? I think so. I think he has a chance to, uh, to bring them into the playoffs. They may not be like a top seed, but for sure they can go from the eight to the five seed. No problem. Yeah, I, I think I gotta, the East is more competitive than it's ever been before. That I've oh, seen. Oh, definitely, definitely. Well, when you've been picking in the lottery for ten years, you should. They should get a little bit stronger. 
I feel like only one of those picks actually panned out too. That's the that's the dumb part. Like it's just a bunch of free agents and Trey Young. It really is. I mean, you have Capella. Like Capella was a trade though. Let's we'll see true. how he does. But yeah, like Kevin Herter is really good. Uh, DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish yeah. are both falling out. Atlanta's surprisingly good. And you have Onyeka Okongwu. Like, that's my favorite part of this. Onyeka Okongwu, of all people, is on that team. I'm just happy about Bogey and Gallo. True, yeah. Very good scorers. But just going back to Trey Young, you know, we all know when he got drafted, he was traded for Luka. Do you think... He's finally evened out that trade, or would you still rather have Luca over Trey? You got to take Luca, but I mean, it's yeah. not—he's not far behind whatsoever. You're, no, it's not a horrible no matter trade. What? Because didn't they get Cam Reddish out of that trade too? Yeah, who would they get? Because it wasn't just—if it was a one-for-one trade, that might be a little bit <laughs> just <sus>. moving down <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey, I really want Trey Young on this team, you know. God, could you imagine what the Hawks would look like with Luka, though? Do you think they did it because they didn't want to be that team that took Luka and have him be a bust? Oh, that would be that would be pain right there. That's something they do. Yeah, but like, I don't oh. I don't think Trey I don't think Trey Young would be the player he is on on Dallas, to be honest with you. I mean, I he might be. He would still have a green light. Oh, he would have a green light. I just don't know if he, like, like the way he has, like, I think he might have struggled a little bit more. I'm not sure. Maybe because they did have, like, low-key shooters on that team. Yeah, he would have came into a better situation earlier. Um, I think he would have been He would have been good there. Yeah, probably. But does he not, take- maybe, not, maybe not the first year without KP. I was going to say, does he yeah. take him to the playoffs like Luka did last year? That's tough. I don't think so. Yeah, Luka can West. do so much. Yeah, that's tough. I don't think so. Yeah, because I think Trey was definitely more of a raw prospect coming out. You know, like Luka like, is literally like an MVP candidate his third year like that's just ridiculous you know trey like it's probably going to take him a year maybe a couple more years to really be in that conversation and luca like he just instantly came out and just started showing out but uh i kind of want to again pivot a little bit talk about another euro guy laurie markinen Oh my God! Oh, I, 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 Hammer, I know you want to talk about Lori. Let's talk about Lori. So, I guess Elias was right about the preseason. So after watching, right. after watching last year, I was like, "Oh shit!" Like, what happened to Lori? He was this insanely great shooter, and I thought he was going to be the next great big or the next great European guy. And then last year, it's like his powers were just taken away from him. It was like that Kevin Durant movie. And then we saw it in the preseason, and he had like 18 shots a game. And I was like, wow, what is going on? Like, is he just shit now? I guess it was a fluke because he is balling out right now. He looks like rookie year Lori, and I'm very excited for him. 
Well, yeah, I mean, it also like the it's four games when he didn't play for whatever. You how many stand for someone, you only need four games. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> oh, and uh, staying on the same team, I don't know if you guys saw, but Wendell Carter. Dude had like his best game as a pro like a couple nights ago. So I'm pretty hyped about that. I'm very fascinated by the Bulls players. Maybe it's Billy Donovan. Maybe. Honestly, I wouldn't put it past them. Like Billy Donovan built that OKC Thunder team, made a system that was fantastic for a few years there. If he can help develop those guys, that team could be pretty good in the future. I would say it's built super well. Surprisingly. Yeah, they have, they have a nice roster. Yeah, like Kobe White's great. Patrick Williams was a really good draft yep. piece. I did not expect that. And then Laurie and Wendell. And that's, again, we're not even throwing Zach Levine into the conversation yet because he could probably be traded. I feel like it might be a good idea to just get rid of him just to aid in the development of the other players. Get a better draft pick. Oh, man, that would hurt, though. I love Zach Levine, man. Yeah, but I want to see him on a good team. That is true. Could you imagine him on, like, Miami? Yeah, like... Him and Tyler Hero would just be so fun to watch. Oh, my God. Yo, can we acknowledge that Minnesota just got rid of him for, like, nothing? Yeah. What did they get for him? Well, they... uh, it It was a big trade. It was to get... Was it to get Wiggins? No. Oh, God, I hope not. Minnesota. Minnesota? No. Well, they that pick came from Cleveland. It might have been a three-team trade. They Hold sent... <sighs> Fuck. I need, I need to do some research on this. They had like eight Bulls players at one point. I'm just trying to remember why, though. God, it feels like 40,000 years ago. And he was just like a shit trade piece. That's what they considered him as. He wasn't like the centerpiece of the trade at all. Right. Like uh, the Bulls got Zach Levine and Zach Levine, Chris Dunn, and the seventh overall pick in 2017. Uh, Oh, oh. What? Jimmy Butler. Oh, we're dumb. <laughs> Jesus. How did we forget? Oh, no. To be fair, though, to be fair, I think I blacked out of all of Jimmy Butler's tenure on, on the Timberwolves after For uh, one big acquisition. We forgot. <laughs> Again, though, that was just so disastrous. Like, oh, fuck. Because Kat and Wiggins did not want to grow up. Which is such a shame, because, Lord, he made that Miami team. Jesus Christ. I mean, he wouldn't have fixed anything. I don't know. Like, if Wiggins and Cat were said, hey, you know, let's put our noses to the grindstone like Jimmy is. This man just embarrassed us playing with, you know – the bench against the starters. No, like if they didn't do the trade, I don't know oh. if like it would have been any different. Oh, probably not. Probably not at all. Yeah. So in hindsight, I don't think it's a huge deal. Getting a guy like Jimmy is definitely that was a bold move, and I think it was worth it. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, <laughs> I don't necessarily think it was I mean, worth it. <laughs> I mean, like looking back at it now, like no, it looks pretty stupid. But back then, I thought it made complete sense. I mean, especially, you got to you got to try to take a chance somewhere, and yeah. especially when you know how when you when we uh, now know that like Cat and Wiggins were like just they didn't have good work ethic. Having a guy like Jimmy made sense, especially with Thibs. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy to think, like, Jimmy Butler's tenure has just been so crazy. Like, goes from wanting out in Chicago, being labeled a locker room cancer in Minnesota, balls out in Philly. Yeah, didn't ball out in Philly. Well, he balled out a little bit. It's all right. Like another, he wasn't like Jimmy Buckets, Buckets, but no, he, but like I would argue, like prior to Miami, Philly was probably his best, like the best place he was at amongst like the Bulls, um, the T Wolves, and the Sixers. I don't know because I felt like he had the least amount of opportunity on the Sixers. That was a loaded team he was on. He was clearly the guy, though. When they yeah. needed a bucket, he was that guy. And then Kawhi. They really should have kept that team together for a year. They wanted Another to buy his Harris more, though. I don't think like, it was up to them. Who? It was up to Jimmy. Yeah, like Jimmy, like he Jimmy saw. Got he didn't get traded. No, he uh, wait, are, you, are you talking the uh, the the Sixers to the Heat, or are you talking? Yeah, the Sixers to Heat. Because um, it wasn't no. a sign and trade. It might have been a sign. It might have been a sign and trade at the end of the day, but like he didn't want to play there anymore. But he, so he I thought he, he didn't have a year it. on. Well, he, he had more. He would have forced the trade to maybe make it work because maybe the Heat need to get. Oh yeah, they had to get rid of Richardson to to make it work. Oh yeah. Yep. It wasn't. Yeah. It, but it's not like like Butler was like I want to play for them, and he wasn't contracted to the to the Sixers, but he's like. I want to play play there. Um, instead of getting nothing, you can get Richardson. It's kind of like the the Nets trading D'Lo to the to the Warriors for like a 20, 30 second round pick, and then getting Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, God, that's such a downgrade. Like I know D'Lo didn't fit in with the Golden State Warriors at all, but like. At the end of the day, though, they got that draft pick. That's true. That is looking pretty good right now. You know what else is looking good? Elias. Oh, Elias and the entire AFC. And by the entire AFC, I mean the Chiefs and the Bills looking absolutely fantastic. Especially the Bills. <laughs> Definitely the Bills. God, 21 years. First time they've uh, swept the uh, Patriots. That's not. <laughs> it's not like it was a hard thing to do this year, though. No, but still, like just to be able to say they did that for the first time in 21 years. Yeah, that organization and that fan base needed it. But it's just like, oh, cool, you beat the Patriots when they were down. <laughs> you obviously couldn't do that like last year. Yo, the Patriots were doing that to the Bills for the last 20 years. <laughs> yeah, like. <laughs> But that's because the Bills have been trash. It's just like exactly. But it's not. It's not even like the Patriots ever like, um, made it out to be like 
beating the Bills is anything to accomplish or like something to celebrate. Like the Bills and their friend and their fans are literally celebrating beating a team that they should already beat. Elias, like, like, no, 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 no. I understand because I am a Jets fan and I understand what that team has done to that division. But what do you like? What are you celebrating? Like, truthfully, what are you celebrating? So, at the end of the day, like, you're right, it shouldn't mean that much. But it's like this bully in high school, he's been terrorizing you. Maybe he took a picture of you when you were taking a shit in the bathroom, <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, 30 years down the line, you're like, wow, it's like I'm way bigger than him now. It's, it's finally my time, and then you beat him up or take a picture of him in the stall get back at him for it and then it's like oh shit like this is awesome but like but like you're right at the end of the day you're like wow like it doesn't mean as much as i thought it was going to be it would mean a lot more if i won a super bowl yeah like if if they don't win the super bowl and they just get to celebrate oh we beat the patriots twice when they have literally been garbage and like not at full capacity Mm. it's just like you know what, though? Okay. Ma- the Patriots fans have been an annoying as shit for the last 20 years. I so won't doubt that. N- now they can get bragging rights. But, but, but like, it doesn't if, mean if you, anything, but it's, okay, it's pretty great. If you, if you swept the Patriots with Tom Brady or at the height of their yeah, dynasty, it would have meant it's much something, more. It, it's something to, to, uh, celebrate but this it's like it's like when um mj beat was the it? pistons no no it's when boston put up a the uh the thing that said oh we didn't get swept is that who it was someone put up a banner saying oh we didn't get swept in the playoffs Oh, that could have been just a meme. I, think that was <laughs> a meme. I feel like that's a very nice thing to do so like <laughs> Somebody did it. Somebody did something. There is something like that. I I could look like a total moron right now, but like, it's cool. It's like you know, I'll give you props for beating them, but it's just like the Jets almost beat them. Like, come on. I think it's more just for talking shit purposes. I'll let them talk shit. I mean, that's what Bills fans love to do. But I mean, they're going to see in the playoffs. Yeah. So they, and the rest of the league will too. Yeah, the, the league will be like, oh yeah, they're what they are, not uh, that good. Not that yeah. good. They're I was gonna, gonna go. Josh Allen. Oh, not elite. Just kidding. He's gonna throw for four hundred yards and eight touchdowns in every matchup. We'll see. All to <laughs> Stefan Diggs. Yeah, that connection is just—it's on another level. It's crazy it's, to think. Yeah, it's probably like the third best connection in the league. Probably. Uh, Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers, then you have like the Kels and uh, Pat Mahomes, and then they're right there. It's interesting that you put it above Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. Why? Uh, DeAndre's incredibly elite. And Kyler's I feel been like... trashed the last couple games. It's probably because of his, his shoulders. He's hurt. Yeah, he's hurt. But, yeah. Yeah, I mean – Maybe when they're healthy, maybe we can put it up there, but he's not, so I'm not going to. But do you think that connection is strong enough to carry the Bills to a Super Bowl? I don't think a quarterback to a wide receiver connection is enough to carry a team to a Super Bowl. Um, If the rest of the offense continues to play as well, yeah. 
But that defense is not carrying them. No, and they need to get a running game. They have no running game. See, they do. They just don't commit to it. But like you can't, you can't do that in the playoffs. Yeah, personally, especially you're gonna have home games where it's gonna be cold in Buffalo in January. Like you can't expect Josh Allen to throw the ball like he did today or Monday night, and uh, and expect like good results. Like, he, like they weren't playing a good, they weren't playing a good team. So I mean, now you're playing good teams, so you gotta like. You got to commit to the run a little bit. To be fair, though, Josh Allen and Diggs are used to playing in the snow. Please tell me how Diggs is used to playing in the snow. Where did Diggs play last year? Diggs? Yeah, where did he play? Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah. And? Do they not play in a dome? Do they oh, play they in do- a dome now? Oh, the new they, stadium. Yeah, they do play in a dome. They've always played, they've always played in a dome. What are you talking about? Remember when... Oh wait, no. I'm thinking when the roof collapsed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. You I just made you both that. look silly. I just yeah. made you both look. You guys are like, oh, this guy's a, a moron, and I'm gonna, show, like, I'm gonna show him. I'm sitting here like, what happens in Minnesota, Isis? Uh, it snows, and here's like, uh, no, they have a domed roof. That, like, Elias, does he not walk outside? Yeah. Does he yeah, not sure. Drive he does, the but, snow? but he doesn't play in the snow. Does he not play pickup football with his family on Thanksgiving? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> in the cold, <laughs> for the tundras of Minnesota. <laughs> but I mean, so what else are you liking in the AFC uh, playoff picture, though? Other no, than the Chiefs. Other don't even Chiefs. don't even word it like that. Let's just say who's going to make the playoffs. Who's going to – no, who's going to be the one team that misses the playoffs in the AFC? So this is a crazy situation. The NFL has made it the, – the playoffs seven teams, right? Yeah. And everyone was saying, this is so stupid. You're going to have a team that is eight and eight. They're going to get into the playoffs. But literally, we're going to have a team that is going to go 11 and five and not make the playoffs. Like, how crazy is that? Like usually it was like, oh, okay, if you're 10 6, you may or may not get in. But at 11 and 5 with an extra playoff team, like, how are you not getting that team into the playoffs? It's funny because, like, the inverse, the NFC is so trash that that's inconceivable. <laughs> yeah, like, we'll, you'll have, there's going to be an 8 and 8 team or a 9 and 7 team. But then we're going to have, we have the potential of a what? Seven and nine team getting in, <laughs> it's and a just... ten win team is gonna miss it. Yeah, well, no, not not in. Uh, yeah, not I'm in just saying, NFC. like, a, I'm just saying, oh, like on the other sh- side, yeah yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's why they need to do it. Like, fuck this whole like division shit. Just like you need to do it. Like, if you're gonna have seven teams, you guys got to do like the top two in the league, and then go from there. And then like, it doesn't matter about conference. Just best teams. Just do a normal bracket. Have you guys seen next week's schedule, though? Like, to determine who makes the playoffs? Oh, yeah. It's if, crazy. There's a if, lot of trap games. Yeah, Tennessee needs to win. If Tennessee doesn't win, I think they're out. Miami needs to win, and Cleveland needs to win. Well, well listen to this. So, the Jaguars, they're, uh, they have their pick, so they have nothing to lose, and they play the Colts. And I feel like they want nothing more than to knock the Colts out, out of the playoffs. The Texans don't even have a pick, and they play the Titans, so they have nothing to lose. So they want nothing more to knock the Titans out of the playoffs. And then you have the Browns and the Steelers, 
Browns pr- Browns play at one, and the Colts and Titans play later, so they won't even know. So that's a must-win game. Steelers, they probably want to play for the number two seed. Can they play Can they for the number two the, seed? For the Bills. It's Bills and Steelers, I think. They're, they have the same record. Okay. Um, and then the Dolphins, they're trying to play to get in. The Bills are trying to play for that seed, too. So you literally just have a bunch of games. Oh, and then this one is pretty interesting, too. The Ravens play the Bengals, and the Bengals have nothing to lose either. Right. And, like, didn't they knock a team out a couple years ago? In yeah, week 17? for the Bills. It was for yep. the Bills. Um, See, I think, personally, I think the Steelers might – because I think that Cleveland game affects the Colts game more than any other – game i think the steelers would be like we don't want to play the colts again in the playoffs so why don't we just sit our starters we're already in we're gonna get a they're gonna have a home game anyways so you might as well see your players and let cleveland win because i would rather play because you already beat cleveland before with obj why don't you just let cleveland get in you already know them you know what they're gonna do you're they're division rivals so Get them in. I would rather have that than the Colts, where you had to come back from seventeen. That's a good point. It yeah, because it comes down to them. Who would they rather play? But I'm not sure if they want to play the Browns either. But like, when wouldn't you want to play the same team twice in a row? Like I would. True. And like they know that if they play the Colts, the Colts are going to have their offensive line back, so it's going to be much different. Right. Yeah. That's my thought. That's what I would be thinking if I was Mike Tomlin. I feel like Mike Tomlin thinks about that shit. I feel they like just that's... play forty chess. Yeah, that might be something to keep our eyes on. Damn. Um, but then you look at the other games and like, who the fuck knows? Like, what if they all lose? If they all lose, and it's whatever it is right now. As a as a Colts fan. I might just like do a parlay of everyone winning and then the Colts losing just in case to hedge my bets. Well, so, superstitious there, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. So like if, if I if I uh if my Colts lose, then I still win. Yep. You wanna know what I did? I bet against the Jets when they played the Rams. And oh, I feel like I'm the one <laughs> who ruined, I ruined their chances. Sean I did not McVay, take a Jets bet at Sean all. Sean McVay is sitting there, and he's just like, fuck this Eases kid betting against the Jets, betting for us. No, 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 no. We're going to make sure. I personally will make sure he loses money. I lost Damn, money and Jeffrey Moore. <laughs> I got to say, how does it feel being a Jets fan having, what is it, two wins now in the season? Oh, it feels great. Winning two meaningless games at the end of the season is great. But I'm on the Zach Wilson train now. He's a lot better than Trevor Lawrence will ever be. Not Justin Herbert? No, he is the Mormon Mahomes. Do what Elias looks like right now? What? He he looks like the, the meme where it's like the – Stick figure with the smiley <laughs> yeah. face. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
cry behind the mask. Yep. <laughs> oh, oh that was... fuck. Yeah, and then like, <laughs> and then they had to went to. But I was like, come on, like you can't like, cause like, what's their name? The Jags have a chance like to ruin their um to ruin the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes and then the Jets had to fucking lose on some stupid ass rule that makes no sense whatsoever. Yo, that might be the dumbest rule I've ever seen in my I entire don't, I, life. I don't get it at all. Like why can you not advance the ball if there's a fumble? Like, why does it have to be the other person? It makes no like where is the competitive advantage or like how like how does it help anybody? Like what does it do? Like I don't get it. Like why is it's that named rule? after like this guy from the 60s because I think the Raiders used to advance the ball. Like they would fumble it forward and then pick it up and keep running with it. Of course like, it's the fucking Raiders. Of course it's the Raiders. Yeah, it was like, yeah, it was this stupid thing that they used to do, and that was like their way out of it. But like, if that's the case, then like they are still there's still a gamble there. Like if you fumble it forward, like, unless it's some kind of weird play, but I'm guessing it's not. If you're fumbling it forward, then the other team potentially has a chance to get it. It's not like it's you, you it's hurting the other team. You block everybody else on the field and just purposely fumble it, make sure no one's in your way. I mean, maybe. But then, what's world. then? What does what's stopping people from just fumbling the ball and then fumbling it out of bounds? Because there if you fumble shouldn't it out be of bounds, any. There shouldn't be anything against it. No. Yeah. So why don't people still do that? They just fumble just it out of bounds. Throw it five yards ahead of you every time you get it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh no! <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the the Jason kid. It's like the Jason kid when he like he didn't have any timeouts, so he oh, so he spilled the water on purpose. Tyshawn Taylor just spilled water all over him. <laughs> Walk into me. <laughs> that was such a boneheaded move. Like, what do you mean? That was genius. He got caught. That's not genius. They didn't like find him or anything. I don't think. I'm pretty sure he got fined or something. Like he, he definitely got caught. He I still just, got the timeout that he needed, though. That is true. Nothing beats the time, though. I'm pretty sure it was Mike Tomlin tripped a def- Oh yeah. Yeah. Some Buffalo Wild Wings type shit. He was on the sideline and he like didn't he just like stick his foot out? He yeah, grazed Allen it. Just exactly. He grazed Allen it. Genius. But, uh, just absolutely genius. Speaking of Grace and Allen, let's jump back into some NBA real quick. He's tripping players again. We saw it happen with Trey. I'm done with Duke players. I'm done with white kids at Duke just getting away with bullshit. Guys, what are your thoughts on Grace and Allen? Grace and Allen's a dirty piece of shit. He is. Like you, he's a rich boy, and he thinks he can just get away with anything. And then he tries to play this like moral high ground with Trey Young after his tweet. He was like, "Oh, sorry, that looked like it really, really hurt. I'm sorry, or whatever." It's like, stop being a bitch. Like you came in as a dirty player. Like you weren't even that good at Duke. Just like you're, you're on like your second team as like, and within your first contract, like you fucking suck. And if like you have to trip people to, in order to get ahead, like just go fuck yourself. I don't mind it. I think it's kind of funny. I mean, like, 
if you're intentionally injuring trying to injure someone yeah it's fucked up but like just trying to trip someone i think that's i think it's kind of funny to see how mad everybody gets over it and i also thought it was funny that like like trey needed to point it out on twitter it's like that's such a that's such a pussy move in my opinion it's like just how about you like call him up Talk to him in person, man to man. Why do you have to violate on Twitter? Just meet him in Temecula real quick. Oh, I, I like. I don't know. I feel like that's like. There's good and bad things about social media, but just being a baby online is so annoying. I mean, the thing is, though, Grayson Allen is just such a huge piece of shit. You have to publicize it. Like, I'm not saying Trey Young made the right move. I do agree with you, Allen. I think he should have like thrown hands off the court. And a publicized, like, you know, maybe next boxing pay-per-view that, what was it? I don't know who, who hosted the fucking Tyson fight. It was some, like, random-ass, like, TikTok knockoff. But, yeah, I want to see Grayson Allen take on Trey Young in the ring. I want to watch that. I think Trey Young did his shit rocked. He would. I don't know. He just, I don't, he's I don't think Grayson small. Allen can fight. I don't He's think Grayson Allen can boy. fight. Well, I mean, he just he'd play dirty. He you didn't think blow Trey could fight? Yeah, I mean, Trey Young weighs hundred pounds. <laughs> Probably throwing open hand punches. <laughs> no. What What's more likely, Nate Robinson actually wins a fight, or Trey Young actually gets into the ring? Nate Robinson winning a fight against someone his size. Yeah. <laughs> Not a dude that's like fifty pounds heavier. And, so Kevin Hart, and, like that's what you're telling me. Yeah, that would be a cool. Although no, he Kevin, no, Jax. Kevin, no, yeah, Kevin Hart would beat his ass. And he, I think he gets Robinson training. Would, do yeah, you know Robinson something about Kevin Hart that I don't know? What do you mean? Like you said, Kevin Hart would beat his ass. Yeah, have you not seen him? He's a beefy dude. Look at look at. All right, Bro, come gonna, on. I'm, He's I'm juice, dude. Up, I'm going to pull up a photo of Kevin Hart real quick. Don't you get his uh, Instagram ads for his shorts? Honestly, I... All right, so I blocked Kevin Hart from all social media. Cause Why? I, he got annoying. Like, it was too much Kevin Hart. I needed yeah, a lot less not. Kevin Hart in my life. I don't like him, personally. Like, I remember his hot tub or his cold tub show? No, I, I probably... <laughs> Did you look up Kevin Hart shirtless? Dude, no, I, I just... Kevin Hart working out. Well, look at him. All right. You're telling me he... He's he got his own mad. fitness line. He looks mad cut in that. He's usually bulkier. I'll find some more. Has The Rock just been helping him work out? Like... Well, he's just been giving him steroids. Yo, have you I mean, seen yeah. The Rock's cheat meal? I mean, look at that shit. Oh damn! That's crazy. Yeah, men's men's strong. That's, that's what so happens. hard. That's what happens when you have like millions of dollars and you don't have to work that much. The <laughs> perfect trainers. Yeah, you can pay for shit. You can have shit in your house. Like, come on. Like these people, like these Hollywood elites, I'll say they uh they don't really have to do much like, unless they're like working on a movie or something. Yo, imagine like, being like, like rich. Work- Imagine being rich and being fat. Like, how is that even possible? Ask Jonah Hill what's up. Yeah, Jonah <laughs> Hill, Seth Rogen to a point.
Jesus. As as our uh, residential Jets fan, once you get yourself situated there. Sorry, I'm crying. <laughs> Does Adam? What is the future like for Adam Gase? Unemployed. That uh, two thousand dollars stimulus check is going to be very useful for him <laughs> coming soon because he's going to be unemployed. Um, I don't know why Alan thinks that Jets fans are wrong about Adam Gase, but the guy is trash. Can you just explain yourself, and then yeah. I will, yeah, I'll go some, into my uh, my thing. Give us some context here, Alan. So he took this horrible-ass team with an unproven quarterback and won back-to-back games out of nowhere, has these boys playing out of their minds and way above the level that they should be playing. Every single week, like every, every single week we see the other team's coach and they're like, yo, those boys are playing hard, man. They got grit. Maybe you guys are wrong. Maybe you guys by acting like uh, you should move on from Sam Darnold when once you see someone that's shinier and newer, maybe you shouldn't have faith in what you have. Maybe. You guys are the problem with the organization. <laughs> the fans are not the, no. the Johnson brothers are the problem with the with the organization. Are you sure it's not the Eases brothers? I, no. You're a you're a horrible Jets fan. No, I'm I feel not a horrible like Jets I'm, fan. You have to have faith, bro. You gotta trust the process. Okay. Get your two wins. Take them with stride and stride, man. Clearly. Clearly, Allen didn't do his homework because if he wanted to bring up the back-to-back games, which is a fluke, they played against a team that had no receivers and a team in the Rams who just didn't show up. But um, last they year, stopped it, that insane running game. Yeah, that insane <laughs> running game. Yeah, you're right. They did stop him. Um, Forty-year-old Frank Gore putting work. Well, he he, he, he put rev- in four. Dude, he uh, he turned Frank Gore into a lead back at age fifty. 65-year-old yeah, Frank Gore, man. Just I mean, like 500 yards rushing is 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 a lead rusher in today's NFL. Um, but Adam Gase last year, he went six and two down the stretch, and uh Allen didn't seem to want to bring that up. But I did my homework, so I'm gonna bring up some stats for Allen. Um Adam Gase has a career record of 32 and 47 as a head coach. And in those 34 losses, they were by 10 points or more. That is 47% of his losses come at 10 points or more. The average in the league is 19%. So let's go there. In his first year as a head coach, he had the 24th best offense. Then he went his next year to 25th. Then he had the 31st. In the past two years, he's had the 32nd best offense. A offensive genius? I don't think so. Ryan Tannehill, who had a horrible career in Miami, he on average had 232 yards, 1.39 touchdowns, and one interception per game. Now throws for 253 yards, 2.16 touchdowns, and only throws like a half of an interception. He doesn't even throw one interception. Why is Ryan Tannehill good now? Because he has a better coach coaching him on Derrick Henry. <laughs> That's the big thing. He can utilize play action. Don't brush util- that one off. Okay, but if he can ut- utilize play action, then why didn't Adam Gase use that? Because they didn't he Adam Gase does not utilize play action at all. 
Probably because Le'Veon Bell looks like cheeks, and well, because... he didn't. Well, when he was with Ryan Tannehill, he didn't have Le'Veon Bell. I, I don't know what Ryan Tannehill had. Did um, he have? Well, uh, fuck. He had uh, Kenyon Drake. I was no. About to say, no, 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 no. He had Lamar. Uh, Lamar. Um, Lamar Miller. Yeah. So I mean, he wasn't. He didn't have too much to work with in in Miami. The the year he before, didn't, he didn't, did he not have Jarvis Landry? Did he not have uh, Devontae Parker? I don't think Devontae was like good back then. But he still had Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry was good, and he was a staple. But I mean, we've seen that he's not like a, a absolute game changer. You know, he's definitely a, a good receiver, but he's not gonna like add five wins to your roster. He's not like a Stefan Diggs or something. So, so what about the, the years prior to that? What do you do with Jay Cutler? Did you uh, take those numbers down too? No, because he was an offensive coordinator. And what do you do with Jay Cutler? He his, had one year. He had one year with Jay Cutler. Cool. An amazing year. It was amazing. <laughs> Adam Jay Gase. Cutler looks like an elite quarterback. Okay, Adam Gase is a trash head coach. We're not debating. You're debating that Jets fans are wrong about Adam Gase when they say that he's a trash head coach, correct? No one's denying that he could be a good offensive coordinator. But Peyton Manning, he don't bring up Peyton Manning because Peyton Manning was audibling every single play that was called. But Peyton Manning recommended him. Because Peyton Manning loves to fuck over the Jets. Okay. He's he let you he, guys in the playoffs. Wait, 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 wait. Are you blaming today's Jets tr- struggles on Peyton Manning back years ago? Why the fuck yeah. would he care about the Jets? Hey, listen, listen, you clearly don't know the history of the Jets. Peyton Manning was going to come out after his third year at Tennessee, right? The Jets held the number one pick that year. They, um, Bill Parcell said to Archie Manning, who is the mastermind behind both Manning brothers, he said, Peyton will come out if you guarantee him the first overall, like to, to come out first overall. Bill Parcell said, No, I'm not going to guarantee you that he's going to come out and be the first overall pick. He said he most likely is going to be the first pick, but I'm not going to guarantee it. Then Peyton Manning said, Well, I'm going to go back to Tennessee for another year. And then he ended up with the Colts. So that's one way Peyton Manning fucked the Jets. Second time that Peyton Manning fucked the Jets, he was going to come and play for the Jets when he left the Colts. Fuck them. He was only going to – yeah, he had meetings with the Jets. and I was, the, he, Dude, I was following it too. They were never really on the radar. But he he did have meetings Miami with the Jets. was more likely to get him than he, he had. He had meetings with the Jets. He used the Jets as lever, leverage so that he could get a better contract. And the third time that he fucked over the Jets was what? when he called – yeah, you don't know this? To get a better contract, he used the Jets as leverage. Yeah. Dude, he because... had teams lining up at his door. What are okay. you talking so, about? So if, so if the Jets were in desperate need of a quarterback, if the, if the Jets said, we're going to give you a four-year, $100 million contract, you don't think he could turn around and say, this is what I've got. I'm going to take this, and someone's not going to give that to him. Literally, literally the, that's what the Jets organization is. The, the teams or agents tell the players, so go to confused. the Jets. Okay, well, okay, we'll take that out. He was going to okay. get a fat okay. deal no matter okay. what. Okay, okay, whatever. So, whatever, so far, whatever. two times. 
so two times. So we'll take that other time because you're delusional. But so the second time is when he called up Christopher Johnson and recommended the stupid fucker Adam Gase to be the head coach. He put his seal of approval on him and said, this is your guy. And what did he turn out to be? Not the guy. So tell me, you think Manny has a fucking for the Jets or has some kind of issue with the Jets? Has he ever helped you guys out? No, not once. He let you guys into the playoffs. How? When they were 14, when he was 14 and all on Indianapolis, he oh, had the decision. So 14, oh, yeah. Yeah. He had the decision to suck that game. To uh to sit the to sit so the at game. fourteen so at fourteen and zero he sat yeah he sat he played like a series oh, or two really and then that sat. makes total sense so to go undefeated to be known as one of the all time great seasons you're gonna give that up and let the Jets into the playoffs and then the Jets I think went and beat them the next in the playoffs correct you beat the Patriots which helped us out and then we went to the Super Bowl but then the next year you guys got in and beat us. Makes sense. So yeah, three to one. <laughs> three to one. Okay, good. Congrats. It still doesn't, still doesn't make Adam Gase any any better. <laughs> oh, it's just it, it's poking a hole into your logic that Peyton hates the Jets for some <laughs> a lot of reason. He doesn't. They, ne- so, they didn't guarantee him the number one pick. They didn't guarantee him. You can look it up if you want to. He was going to be a Jet. He, the I mean, Colts would still be a right. poverty franchise so, like, as I they don't, are right now. So I don't think the uh, I don't think Adam Gase is a great head coach. Don't get me wrong; he hasn't given me any reason to believe that. However, I do believe that he hasn't really been blessed with the best uh, management nor nor <laughs> rosters. Joe to Douglas. Handle. Joe Douglas is his boy, and he handpicked Joe Douglas. Maybe he's just dumb. Joe Maybe Douglas is he... not a Joe. If you're gonna say Joe Douglas is a is a dumb GM, you're very stupid. Oh, so he made the right decision picking Joe Douglas. Joe Douglas, the Jets had an in with Joe Douglas because of his relationship with Adam Gase. So you're so, telling me that Adam Gase did one good thing? Well, he could have done two good things, but yes, he did one good thing getting Joe Douglas. Joe Douglas was the reason for the Eagles' success. Instead of Howie Roseman. Or whatever. So thank you, Peyton Manning. No, fuck you, Peyton Manning. <laughs> <laughs> you, st- you still, Peyton Manning still made me watch horrible football for two years. Dude, you've been watching horrible football for like 20 out of 22 years. No, there was a time when they went 10 and 6 with Ryan Fitzpatrick. So oh. 19 out of 22. That was a cool year. Brett Favre was also a good year. They would have made the Super cool Bowl year too. Yeah. So Adam Gase, you're gonna be gone soon. Your biggest problem was getting rid of Chad Pennington. Yeah, <laughs> it's because the Jets are stupid. They have always been stupid. Chad Pennington was a baller, and then they brought in Brett Favre for a year, and then he got then he took pictures of his nutsack and sent it to the trainers. Yo, did you go to the training camp that year? No, I couldn't go. It was in Cortland, I think. Yeah. And, uh, my, Wasn't my that parents... the first one in Cortland? Yeah, they had two, I believe. My parents wouldn't take me. I think I went the year after Brett Favre was. It was the year after him. So there the was Tebow like... year, right? 
No, that was no, Mark Sanchez. That was, okay. Was Sanchez. So we were there and it was, we, we went during like this special teams day and there was like, um, I think their long snapper was wearing like a number four practice Jersey. And this one guy in the crowd was just yelling out, Hey, Brett Favre, turn around <laughs> <laughs> relentlessly for like 30 minutes. Wouldn't stop. But yeah, right. that's my experience. Say, I think that's, uh, I think that's all the time we have for today, boys. This has been the casuals podcast. And uh, Adam Gase will continue to lead the New York Jets to glory for the next five years. Nope. He literally can lead them to glory for one more week. He is gone January 4th. And with that, I am the chief joined by uh, two Bollywood stars in the making, Isis and the Hebrew Hammer. You can catch them in their next Bollywood flick coming out soon or every Thursday on Spotify and on YouTube and Google Podcasts and wherever else you like to listen to your podcasts. Like and subscribe to our channel, follow us on social media, and check out thechallengesports.com. Er- and, if you, and if you believe that Adam Gase should continue to be the New York Jets head coach, leave a comment below. I will leave several comments. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm glad we didn't pick up on the fact that I fucked up the website name. Oh, yeah, you did fuck up the website. It <laughs> yeah, is thechallengesports.com. <laughs> buy our uh, merch too shop.thechallenge-boards.com yep. catch you next Thursday folks <laughs>